Welcome back to the thousandth and seventh episode of the Nobody Asked for This podcast. I don't know that it's quite that long, but that's okay. You know what I mean? It's At a certain point, it's like, you know, if you've done 47, you've done 1,007. Shockingly, haven't run out of stuff to talk about yet. Now, I have to say there is this fear every time I, you know, go to click the record button that nothing is going to come out. And not in, like, a stage fright way, um, because obviously, like, I'm in a room alone. Like, there's not... Um, there's not a crowd. I'm not on a stage yet. Yet. But yeah, I'm just like, what if one day I just, I don't have stuff to talk about? Um, and luckily, we haven't gotten there yet. And also luckily, if that day did come, um, you know, my life would truly be, would be unaffected. You know, it's not like I'm bringing in boatloads of cash or even boatloads of pennies or a penny when they still made those. Do they still make pennies in other countries? For anyone that doesn't know, we're going to do a little bit of a, of a history lesson here on the Nobody Asked for this podcast, but they got rid of the penny, the one-cent coin, probably about 10, 10 years ago. I say that a lot, especially for, like, shockingly so for someone who's not that old. Like, I haven't even lived that many tens of years, um, roughly two let me Google it. When did the penny end? Okay. 2012. Do banks still take pennies in 2000? Yeah. Oh no. Update February 4th, 2013. So I'm almost exactly accurate in my recount of that being 10 years ago, not to brag. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess 10 years ago was just a busy time because everything seems to be happened to have happened 10 years ago. But yeah, they got rid of the penny, and it it was shocking, because when I first heard that, I was 12 or 13 or whatever, and I was like, that is the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Like, why are you getting rid of a coin? Like, you, you know, but the, the government basically said, I brought this penny into this world, and I can take it out. Okay, fine. Still wasn't understanding the choice. Then I heard their reasoning for it. And it was that it costs more to make a penny than it does the actual worth of the penny. And I was, okay, they were starting to get me on that point. Because, okay, um, one, what a stupid idea to even start making the penny to begin with. Because, like, if you're, if you're spending more than something is worth, what the hell? Two, does it really matter to the people making the money how much the money is worth. Like, if you're just making money, then that's you're just a machine making money. Three, are there really these buildings where they're making, like, fact, money-making factories? Like, that was the first time I really thought about, like, where does, a, where does a bill come from? Where does a coin come from? And then kind of branching off of number three, we have a 3A and a 3B. 3A was, can I just make money myself? If the government happens to be listening, this is a comedy podcast. I'm not actually threatening to make um, illegal tender. This is this is fake. This is satire. But 3A was that. And 3B was um, if we were just making money, like, let's just let's just go for it. Let's just print more and more and more and more because it really is just fake. Like, I remember during um, lockdown, they were like um, someone I can't remember. It was a very official person. It might have. 
I don't, I don't don't remember who it was, but they're like, yeah, we've ordered like more money to be printed. And I was like, what? We we could do that the whole time. You could just order money and it could be printed. Let's get on it. Chop chop. My birthday's coming up. And here's the thing: if we did get to a, a system where we could just print more money, like I wouldn't even be greedy about it. I'll I'll take a twenty. You know, I'm sure a lot of people. If you could just like order money and it was free, they would, you know, want a million, billion. I'll take a five, honestly. Like, I'll take a venti, a grande even. Like, just, like, I'll take a penny. I'll take a penny. I'll take whatever, whatever you're willing to give me. But every once in a while, I do think about the fact that, like, money is, it's fake. Like, it's, it's not real. And we really could just be like, you know what? Let's stop. Now, the problem with that is no one would work. But I think if anyone is an example that money does not have to be involved in order to work, I think it's, it's me and the Nobody Asked for this podcast. I've been doing this for almost a year to no benefit. I'm actually, I'm in the reds because I haven't talked about this in a little bit, but it has been on the podcast before that I, I invested um, in new microphones from Amazon. They're about 20 bucks. I bought like a filter for an existing microphone that I already had. I'm pretty sure when we were doing Zoom, I, I bought a um, Zoom premium subscription. Not cheap, not to brag. Uh, what else did I buy? I'm, I, I pay for the service in which I have to upload this. I pay in time, I pay in thought. I pay in gas mileage. That one time we did the drive-through episode. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, this is not free. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite. And I haven't seen a dime, or like really get any sort of like validation. You know, like I would take if I was if I was putting money into it and like getting like glory and fame and you know just overall acclaim and praise that's like a currency in itself i get nothing i don't even think anybody listens to this like i don't even listen to this i used to when i was editing and editing is a very very i use that word very loosely because um I, there's not much editing like i record into my phone a lot of the times it's like one go sometimes i'll pause it like take a breath and then keep going when i was editing in quotes, I would listen to like the whole thing before I posted it just to make sure, you know, the sound quality was good. Um, You know, make sure I didn't like say anything wild. Um, Now, quote, note about the sound quality. I I came to stop doing this practice because I realized that the sound quality was bad, but there was nothing I can do about it. And that is why you don't buy microphones on Amazon or like buy the more like expensive one. Amazon confuses me. Every time I go on there, I feel like I'm like contributing to some sort of a scheme. Like, cause you can buy stuff, like you go into a store and you can buy stuff or you can go on Amazon and buy it. And sometimes it's like way cheaper on Amazon, but like, why is it cheaper on Amazon? And then sometimes there's like different options. So you can buy like the thing for like $27.92 or like, 2642 and it's like like do, do people like is is Amazon eBay like is Amazon like cuz I bought used stuff on Amazon but it's not even about it being used like when you buy something from Amazon who are you buying it from 
Has anyone thought about this? Is this like a third party? Is is it Jeff himself? Is Mr. Bezos's garage? Because I'm sure it's big enough, just filled with like random crap. Like, does he have forty eight thousand? Does he have a room full of pop sockets? Does he have a room full of, you know, cheap microphones with stands that'll break and filters that don't work? You know what I mean? It's like, what is Amazon? Because, like, eBay. At least eBay is is open. It's like people. You know, going to their garage, being like, you know what? Inflation is crazy. I can't pay for gas. Let me sell some of my old crap. But they're honest about that. But like Amazon, when you're buying something from Amazon, who are you buying it from? And I think this is worthy of a Google search. I'm trying to get away from the Google searches um, because it's, it's really just, you know, 30 seconds of, of me silently reading, which is not exactly part of the job description of podcaster. But I think if I talk during it, I'm going to... And then sometimes when I'm Googling, I just... Um, so there's not dead silence. I just speak out what I type. So I'm going to do that. Who sells stuff on Amazon? It's a lot of spelling mistakes in a simple sentence. Yikes. Okay. Oh, beginner's guide to selling on Amazon. Oh, this is from Amazon.ca. So I don't know. Check your sources. Oh, they have a whole ebook. It's no secret. Well, it sounds a bit like a secret. At Amazon, we obsess over customers. I feel like that can be interpreted in a couple different ways. Our customers want a trusted destination where they can purchase a wide variety of goods. Not what I'm asking. How do you start? Oh, you have to register. Oh, so it is people. So I'm not buying something from Amazon. I'm buying something from like Sally's closet or whatever. Like an Etsy business. For products that Amazon fulfills, there are fees for... or Oh, and they have like fulfillment centers. Okay. Okay. So it does have a swap meet vibe. That's fine. I'm fine with it. I just... I'd never really thought about it before. Because like... And like some stuff's on Prime and some stuff isn't. It was very confusing. I love... I love putting answers to questions that I have. Second question that I have, I will wrap up the penny conversation, but how long does a pumpkin last? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I have a pumpkin that I bought in October um, that's just sitting here. And you could, you know, you could wonder, like, how messy is the rest of the room if a pumpkin lasted from October to, I think we're coming up on April. Oh, no, we're in April. Happy April, by the way. Um, We made it to April. I think the last episode was the last day of March. So it's only right for me to usher in the April season. But... This pumpkin, I'm telling you, is like the little pumpkin that could. Because last time I Googled it, how long does a pumpkin last? Let me do this again. Does a pumpkin last? Again, riddled with spelling mistakes. This is like... Did anyone do like group project? Did anyone? As if someone's watching or listening. But we're going to pretend. Did anyone do like group projects in Google Docs in school? Where like... It's one document that everyone can edit live. So if there's someone else typing, you can see them typing. That always scared me because I am the worst at spelling. I'll like make one error in a sentence and then go back and delete the whole sentence and start anew. So like people watching me, um, it, made me it made me a bit nervous. Freshly harvested or store-bought pumpkins can last one month at room temperature or two to three months and stored in a cool, dry, dark place. Okay. This this pumpkin is insane because it looks the same. What artificial flavors and preservatives did my supermarket put in this pumpkin for it to last as long as it has? A bit spooky. 
Oh, but maybe it's supposed to be spooky because it's Halloween. Anyway, back to the penny. Um, yeah, they got rid of the penny. February 2013. And I had all those thoughts, you know. Where are these money factories? How do I get involved? Can't we just not print money at all? It's kind of stupid, but like it costs more to make a penny than a penny is worth. And I kind of get what they're saying, but also like, why did they set that up like that in the first place? All that stuff. And then it actually happened. And you don't think of how necessary a penny is because even to this day, I'll go to buy something and it'll be like 10.06. Now, we're, we're, we're straying away from this being an issue because so much of money is digital. But if I'm paying in cash, I can't, I can't pay 10.06 because it just doesn't exist. And like if you get change and your change is like 42 cents, you can't be given 42 cents. So I'm pretty sure they have a whole rounding process. I'm actually going to just Google that. We're basically, this is basically Googling the podcast um, how does penny rounding work? I really should have figured this out. How does penny rounding work? Okay. Amounts ending in three cents and four cents are rounded up to the nearest five cents. Amounts ending in six cents and seven cents are rounded down to the nearest five cents. Amounts ending in eight cents and nine cents are rounded up to the nearest ten cents. Amounts ending in zero to cents and five cents remain unchanged. That doesn't make any sense because what happens if you need three cents? Round down. Okay, you're rounding down. Oh, that sucks. Okay, so if something ends in a one or a two, you go down. If it ends in a three or a four, you go up. If it ends in a six or a seven, you go down. If it ends in an eight or a nine, you go up. So that works in both ways. And that information was from Canada.ca. Now, I can't imagine that they would lie to us. Um, because that sounds like a pretty trusted source if you're asking me, unless these were like some early adopters of the internet and they got Canada.ca before the Canadian government could do so. That would be baller. Um, But yes, okay, so we're rounding up. And that works, unfortunately, both for when you pay and when you get change. So like if your change is, you know, a dollar and two cents, I'm sorry, you're only getting a dollar. But if your change is a dollar and three cents, you just made two cents because you're getting 105. I love how I'm explaining a decade old concept to to nobody. I was thinking about this earlier, like how many podcasts like I'm I'm very listener friendly because how many podcasts like you know make their listeners a part of the title? You know, nobody ask for this all the people that don't listen that don't listen to this are putting the nobody in the nobody asked for this podcast and i just think that that is it's really kind it's very um it makes me it makes me feel like i am providing you know what the people what i'm supposed to be providing you know if suddenly i got tens of millions of listeners it's like, well, then I'm not the nobody asked for this podcast anymore. And then who am I? And then there's this whole identity crisis that will pursue. So I implore everybody who's not listening to this to continue not listening to this. I'm doing a plea for everyone to keep doing what they're doing. Okay, I know I normally don't do... I say this every time I do 
some sort of news topic. I don't normally do news topics because, again, no one's listening. So it's like if in 50 years they find this in an archive, like I don't want it to be all stories from 50 years ago. Like I want people to, um, you know, get, get something out of it. It makes it a little bit hard because it's like, okay, I'm going to have to complain about, you know, the penny from 10 years ago. You could argue that that's a current event, but it's so uncurrent that it's more like historical than not. Um, where we normally break this current events rule, and again, we is just me, there's no team behind this, um, is when we like to talk about Queen, Queen Lizzie Liz, both pre and post mortem. She, she was brought up, you know, in June when we started, and then obviously in September when she unfortunately ended. But there is another type of monarchy, monarch really, a long-reigning monarch that announced some news this week that I just feel like I have to talk about because it is part of not only history, but, like, my own core. Like, I, it, I'm, it's basically news about me more so than news about the world. And that is that we are getting Shrek 5, which is just... And now, here's the thing. I want to be careful because I feel like I've read this same article like every three or four years, it comes out that they're doing Trek 5 um, and I get excited and then another three years pass and I literally don't hear a peep about it. And then till the next three years when I get a, a read the same article that Trek 5 is happening. But I'm going to choose to believe it this time. I'm going to choose to internalize it because at some point, like I'm going to be post-mortem and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, go a skeptic. I hope, I hope this isn't like, you know, 80 years or whatever, like hopefully not anytime soon, fingers crossed, knock on wood. That was me, me doing ASMR, knocking on wood. But um, yeah, like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave this, this planet without, and like on to the next one without really internalizing the information of Shrek 5. So I'm, I'm choosing to believe it this time. Um, and I hope that that does not make, does not a fool make me. But yeah, Shrek 5. And I just, it's, it's important to me because I have to explain the background of Shrek. Shrek was my favorite movie. Before it was everyone's favorite movie. I feel like now it's very popular. I was very cutting edge. Um, I was always like on the forefront of, a, of what was going to be popular. And I feel like in the last, you know, five to 10 years, Shrek has really had a resurgence. You know, people are realizing that he wasn't that bad. He was never the villain. He was a homeowner. He owned the swamp. Like, really was not... Like, Shrek for a while was, like, an insult. Like, you're a Shrek. You're an ogre. I've only seen it as a compliment. Again, he was a landowner. He took in misfits. You know, those gingerbread people and donkey. He was a poet. Ogres are like onions. And I've never looked at an onion the same way. I've never looked at an ogre the same way. Uh, I don't really know if ogres... Ogres are fake, right? I think I'm going to go... I mean, they're they're not real. Okay. Are ogres... I love how you spell ogres. It's very French. Ogre. An ogre is a legendary monster. No, okay, never mind. But he changed the way that the world saw ogres. I also have to say, I knew the entire... Like, I could... I could say Shrek along with the DVD. Like, I didn't have it memorized to the point of I could, like, perform it without the, without the DVD playing. But if the DVD was playing, I knew all the words. Just saying. And, like, that wasn't something I tried to do. It was, like, through osmosis or whatever the hell. Also, Shrek was um, 
a key note in the argument that sometimes a sequel can be better than the original, which is very rare, but Shrek 2, I don't know if you can say better, but Shrek, I think some people would say it was better, and, and that is a lot more than most movies can do. It's normally exponentially worse. Now, the third one I loved as well. The fourth one, you know, they can't all be good. And they don't have to all be good. Sometimes you got to get the, get the bad material out. I wouldn't say that it was bad. I, I just, I honestly, I, I definitely saw it once in theaters. But it was like I had, I had already gotten so much Shrek content. You know, up at that point, I was probably only like nine or ten. I just felt like I didn't need a fourth, a fourth Shrek. Like I, I had one through three. I was watching it over and over. Like I didn't need more at that moment. Now it's been a long enough time that I can't wait to see the fifth one that I'm pretending is for sure 100% happening. But I just, I felt like, you know, I was, I was good at three. They kind of maxed me out. It was like I had dessert, right? I had, I had all three courses. I had a dessert and it was just like, okay, I'm good. Like no more food, but they kept bringing me food. And it's like, okay, but I'm already like, I'm dealing with this situation now. That was, you know, that was where I was at. But I'm sure if I watched it now, it was great. I'm actually going to Google the Rotten Tomatoes. Is Shrek, like, critically liked? Rotten Tomatoes Shrek. Okay, the first Shrek has 88%. Now, I take Rotten Tomatoes with multiple grains of salt because anytime I watch a movie and I think that was so good, I look and it literally has 12%. I will watch a movie and be like, and it's normally the reverse when it's a good movie. Like, I'll see that it got a good score on Rotten Tomatoes. And then I'll watch it. And I'm like, this is like a like, truly horrible movie. Truly awful. But Rotten Tomatoes told me it was, you know, a 97%. Okay, so Shrek 1 got 88%. That's a B. Let's see if they agree that Shrek 2 is better. Shrek 2, 89%. Interesting. Shrek 3. That's French for three. Ooh, 41%. How the mighty have fallen. That's really rude. Oh, the B movie. The B movie only has 49%. That's trash. Okay. 41%. This is making me nervous for the results of Shrek 4. Shrek 4 got 57%. Okay, so they ended up, which is nice. I'm seeing all of these movies that, because like, you know, when you, you know, look something up, you see like the related, all these movies that I loved are getting trashed. Like this is slander. Okay. Puss in Boots got 86. The new Puss in Boots got 95%. Forgive me while elephants are rumbling through the upstairs of my very professional podcast building. I don't know if that picked up in the microphone, but um, it was March of the Penguins for a second there. Okay. This is rude. Shark Tale, Shark Tale, my favorite movie, maybe of all time, only has 35%. Okay, I do not subscribe to the Rotten Tomatoes. Can I see a rubric for Rotten Tomatoes? Like, can I see, can I see what you're seeing? Can I see, like, you can't just say this movie got 30%. Like, I want to see what made it 30%. That's the thing with, like, movie reviews and stuff. It's all way too objective for me. Give me, like, a... Show me, like, what actually happened. Like, when you were watching Shrek 3, voters of Rotten Tomatoes, 
did you like, did you not like the fact that an ogre was king? Did you think that, you know, donkey maybe got a little bit on the annoying side? Did you not understand how her dad turned into a frog? Like, what was your problem with it? Like, what is your, people of Rotten Tomatoes, what is your problem? And if you have an answer for me, maybe I'll accept it. But like, I'm, I think we need to stop just blindly accepting, you know, this system. You know, we got to abolish the current system and, and figure something else out. Space Jam 2, okay, that was bad. We're on agreements with that, 26%. Over the Hedge, loved that one. Hotel Transylvania, for, okay, again, the elephants are back. Is this coming up? I have to listen to see if this is coming up. Okay, update. I listened back to the moments in which it sounded like a herd of elephants was running just above me, just up my vertical, and uh, I couldn't really hear it. So please disregard the discourse on that. Okay, Encanto, 91%. Fair enough. Zootopia, 98%. Never saw that movie. Uh, up, 98%. This is very interesting. But it's, it's feeling kind of random. Cats, 19%. Never saw that. Coraline. Um, I think if anyone my age saw Coraline, I think you remember where you were. I think you remember the moment that you stopped watching it because it was literally the scariest movie I'd ever seen in my freaking life. But was for some reason marketed towards kids because it was like claymation. I actually don't remember where, like what it was about. But it was, it was just the scariest movie I'd ever seen. Okay, Kung Fu Panda 87. Okay, so they've gotten it right sometimes. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, another horror film, 83%. E.T.'s at 99. I'd almost rather get 90% than 99. If you're getting 91, 99, it's like, well, come on, like one extra percent. Despicable Me 3 got 59%. That's wrong. Bridge to Terabithia, 85. Oh. Oh. I found, I found the, the one. When I was, when I was younger, I had, I had a favorite movie and this was pre Shrek, probably not, but like maybe pre my, um, like my seeing of Shrek or whatever. Like before I really knew what Shrek was, my favorite movie was The Cat in the Hat. I wrote it in my grade two journal thing whatever. Like I said, my favorite movie is Cat in the Hat. The people at Ron Tomatoes, 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 um, basically obliterated it on the Ron Tomatoes website. Because just in case this changes, maybe people are going to do like respect retrospectives on this, you know, thing and they can addendum. Not sure that's a word. They're going to change the, the score, you know, Dr. Seuss, The Cat in the Hat, is at 10%. Now, just for anyone who's, who may be confused, I'm not talking about the cartoon. I'm talking about the live action. It's like from 2003. I can't remember who played the cat, but it's like real people, right? 10%. That movie was... It was my favorite movie. And I'm scared to endorse it now because I'm sure if I watched it, there would be like horrible jokes like, not a kid's movie whatsoever, like Coraline, but for inappropriateness, not really horror films. But, okay, let's read some of these, some of these re- reviews. The Cat in the Hat is dog food. 
This is a review from 2017. Who was reviewing this movie in 2017? Too mature for kids who are reading the book. I could, you know what? I could probably agree with you on that. Um, but again, I haven't watched it since I would understand the inappropriate jokes. Um, I went out of my body. What was this? I usually enjoy watching bad movies. Okay. Um, part of the problem is the film confuses chaos with fun. Okay, you know what? That's maybe not a bad thing. The, my favorite part of the movie is it... Okay, why is it PG? Shouldn't it be G if it's the cat in the hat? Anyway, um, I'm almost scared to rewatch it. Does that ever happen? Like you're like, you remember a movie so good, the being so good, and then you watch it when you're a bit older, and you're like, this is the worst piece of garbage. Like I fell for, I fell for it. I fell for their games. I was a, not a victim. That's too strong of a word. But I was a, I was complacent in this terrible movie. That happens a lot with me for the Disney Channel original movies. Like, not the Disney movies, but, like, the, the movies that were on TV, like, on actual Disney Channel original movies. I remember them, like, being so great. And then when Disney Plus came out, I started watching them all, and I was like, oh, these are literally garbage. Like, these are actual trash. Like, they, like a two-year-old wrote this. Like, I could write this. Which there's nothing worse. Like sometimes I'll watch those Hallmark movies, like the Christmas ones, and I'm like, I could write this. So like, why am I not writing this? Like, or I could act, if not better than, you know, the person playing the guy from high school who meets the, the lawyer who came back from the small town. We went through the whole script before. I won't bore you with that again, but like I could do that. Like I'm, I, physically I couldn't, but like actorially, I can act like that. They're terrible. You know, and I, I'm not going to say I could do better. You know, I don't know if I'm a true actor, but like I could do that. And it's almost worse because it's like, well, what am I doing with my life? You know, what, what money am I making? What checks am I cashing? Not from Hallmark. And it's just a little bit on the upsetting side. But yeah, basically, in conclusion, Ron Tomatoes, please post your rubric. I want to see, I want a pie chart of, like, things you liked about the movie. A Venn diagram, not a pie chart, of, like, bad, good, in between. Okay? I think that's the least that they could provide us. Because they're just, like, putting numbers on, on these movies. And sometimes, it like, it'll change. Like, the first reviews, it's, like, 98%. And then you check back in a couple weeks, and it's, like, 72 so, like, did they change the movie? Is there fraud? I bet it's very corrupt. Allegedly, don't sue me, Rotten Tomatoes, but I bet you could probably pay for, like, better reviews. I could never be a movie critic. I'd be the worst. I'd be like, it was good. Didn't mind it. Not bad. Like, that would be my, my full review, post, send. I'd, I'd get, it's like doing... um when you had to do like self-review yourself in school, like you'd always give yourself, like if it was out of five stars, you'd give yourself four because you don't want to like do a five because that's like too much pressure. But then three is like barely passing. That's the, that's the messed up part about out of five. Cause it's like, okay, five is like, I'm 100%. I do nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm usually not there unless it's, you know, making mediocre podcast material. I'm, I'm hundred percent on that. But then it's like four is like, 
80%, which isn't low, but it's like not an A anymore. So it's like, if you're marking something out of five, you're either getting a 100% A++++ or you're getting a B. And I just think that that needs to be rectified. Like we need to, we need to allow half stars. But actually that doesn't even work because four and a half out of five is 85%. Am I making stuff up? Oh no, that, that would be a 90. Yeah, yeah, 90. Perfect which that's an A, but then even that's a little bit high. Like, what if I'm an 87%? How do I reflect that? Do I have to get like 4.2 stars? Because that just sounds pretentious. So anyway, they need to fix that whole five-star system. I think that is the problem with Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably too broad. You probably can't put like, I liked this movie 78.97765%. You probably have to say like, you loved it, loved it, loved it, or you hated it. And I think that is how Cat in the Hat ended up with a 10%. Also, how embarrassing if, like, this would happen to me if I was a Rotten Tomatoes critic. I would submit, like, my reviews and be like, this was the best movie ever, 90%. And then I would check the website and it got, like, an overall 22. And, like, I'm the one positive review. Like, you seem dumb. I would seem dumb. Or the opposite would happen. It's actually, if the opposite happens and it's, like, it gets 97% and you're giving it a 30. That's actually, you kind of look cool. Not because you're like a hater, but because you like had a, had a different artistic lens, you know? You maybe saw it, intele- you intellectualized it more than the average reviewer. But if you're saying like a 10% movie was 90, I mean, I think you could lose your movie, movie watching license or whatever. Do movie critics go to a school? I don't really know. How does one become one? If anyone from the movie industry wants to reach out to me um, and offer me some sort of accredit- accredited program in which I can become a rotten tomatoer, I'll accept it. Why do I always end the podcast with like a cry for a job? I'm like, somebody, <laughs> help me. Hmm. Something to think about. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for one more round of nothing of just just nothingness nobody and nothing um if you liked this and want more nobody and nothing go to podcast nobody asked for this that's what i pay for i was talking earlier about like how i'm in the reds that's what i pay for um not because i have to or no not because i want to but because i have to so you know you're welcome this 10 10 bucks a month everybody 10 bucks a month we can just PayPal me, paypal.me slash, actually, I was going to give away my real PayPal, but you know, I want to, I want to remain undercover just for like a little bit longer. Um, yeah, go to that website there. You can see, you can basically listen to all the episodes there, but you can see our links to our Apple podcasts or our, my Spotify. We're on a couple of different places. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, sort of like we have accounts you know, not very, not necessarily the most engaged. We're not like hawking matchas or flat tummy teas, which really kind of are on their way out. Like I haven't seen an ad for flat tummy tea in a while. I also haven't seen an ad for sugar bear hair in a while. So like, did everyone just eat them all? And there's like luscious hair being grown throughout the land or was it a fraud? It's, it's one or the other. I'm flipping a coin, but thank you all. Um, I will see you next week. If you if you took the time to listen to this, I really appreciate it. Whether you're related to me or not, I still appreciate it. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Or hear you next week. Or I guess you'll hear me.
Bye. <laughs>